1: to Next Stop Mississippi, I'm Sherita Brinton in studio with Mary Margaret Miller from Visit Mississippi. And today we're talking about a couple festivals going on this weekend and some events coming up in the state. And something really big is coming up on the coast. The new Blues Trail marker is going to be unveiled. And Mary Margaret, this is an ongoing thing. The Blues Trail is just growing and growing how many markers do we have on the trail now?
0: Well, today, Sharita, we will unveil marker 191 on the Mississippi Blues Trail. This is the first Blues Trail marker in Jackson County, we're unveiling it today at noon in Pascagoula. Mm-hmm. So those of you on the coast, get in your cars, make your way over, join us for the unveiling at noon. But i really excited to add uh, our sixth marker on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, a blues story that maybe you don't think of first mm-hmm. of mind when you think about Mississippi and the blues. Mm-hmm.
1: So this one is going to be dedicated to the Mississippi Gulf Coast Blues and Heritage Festival, right?
0: That's correct.
1: Now, I didn't know a festival could get a marker, so that tells you how much I know about the eligibility requirements and all of that. But why was this festival in particular chosen?
0: Well, this festival's got a really great story and is is, is truly just a stronghold on the Gulf Coast for blues music in general. But back in the early 90s, a gentleman named uh, Mr. Winston Smith, he got stationed there on the Gulf Coast at Ingalls. He was a Navy man, and he'd been living in um, California and had grown accustomed to his annual... Uh, pilgrimage, if you will, to the Monterey Blues Festival. Loved it. Got to Mississippi, got to Ingalls, got to the coast and realized there were no blues festivals happening on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and said, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. Mm. Got together a great uh, board of directors in a a primarily um, African-American community of Pascagoula and started the Mississippi Gulf Coast Blues Commission and the Mississippi Gulf Coast Blues Festival. Um, And it's been going strong ever since. This is year number 25. Wow. So we're honoring the Festival This year with a blues trail marker and really talking about the influence the commission and the festival have had in perpetuating blues music on the Gulf Coast, which, you know, as you can imagine, um, historically has had a little bit more of a jazzy Zydeco spin than you might see in, in the northern parts of the state. Mm hmm.
1: That's that's very interesting. So uh, I think people are going to be really interested to to just find out uh, some of the people that have performed on this festival. We're talking about Nikki De uh, Kent Burnside Band, Yazoo Bayou Band. Uh, Eddie
0: Cotton, so there have really been some hard hitters. Uh, do you know who's going to be performing this year? Well, the folks you just named are actually all on the lineup this year. So mm-hmm. um, I know people are really excited about Mark Muleman Massey. It's a great group. Uh, Lil Jimmy, Eddie Cotton Jr., Nikki DeMarx, as you said. But in the past, they've had some really hard hitters like Clarence Carter, Obi Buchanan, Mel Waiters, Bobby Rush, who everybody knows and loves, and Libby Ray Watson, who's a great acoustic um, blues musician from the Pascagoula area. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I, I wanted to ask more about the Blues Trail in general and uh, the extent of it. I mean, I've read that we have trail markers in cotton fields and in clubs and churches and everything like that. So uh, how does a particular area um, become eligible for a Blues Trail marker?
0: Well, Sherita, we, uh, we really go about it two ways. Um, we have two scholars at the heart of the work of the Mississippi Blues Trail. Jim O'Neill, who um, is a longstanding um music enthusiast started Living Blues Magazine and Scott Beretta who hosts Highway 61 Radio here on MPB. These two gentlemen um, more than 10 years ago sat down with the Mississippi Blues Commission Committee and created a master list of Mississippi Blues Trail markers. Now this is the list that we work from um, day to day and we reach out to communities gauging um, their ability or interest in um, placing a Blues Trail marker in their communities. This marker for the Mississippi Gulf Coast Blues and Heritage Festival is one of those markers that was that is on our original list of, of spaces that have deep hi- historic significance to the Mississippi Blues story. Uh, communities are also um, encouraged in and in, uh you know, allowed, if you will, to nominate markers for the Mississippi Blues trail. Okay. We actually have um a nominated marker coming up uh later in september september twenty second We'll unveil a marker at the new Mississippi Grammy Museum in Cleveland, okay. so that's an example of a of a marker that wasn't one on our radar one that we were thinking about 10 years ago when we Mm -hmm. put together this list but that is certainly part of the Mississippi story today. Excellent so are you going to go participate in the activities? Absolutely yes so um, today at noon um, in Pascagoula at the Jackson County Fairgrounds we'll have a marker unveiling ceremony we're really excited we're going to have some entertainment provided by Mr. Otis Carter we'll have remarks from uh, Mayor Jim Blevins, uh, Mr. Milton Harris Alan Smith, Brenda Simpkins, Ike Edwards, who is a, a founding charter member of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Blues and Heritage Festival. And then the unveiling will take place, led by our director of Visit Mississippi, Craig Ray. So Excellent. Lots, of, uh, lots of folks, lots of festivities. And um, then the festival starts tomorrow. So. Uh, As we talked about before, a great lineup. Um, The gates open, I believe, at noon, and the music starts at 1 p.m. right there at the Jackson County Fairgrounds. So go for the music. Take your picture with the marker while you're there. It'll be fresh and beautiful and shiny. Yes. So really excited. And, and I want to say just a special thanks to Ms. Phyllis Owens um, in Pascagoula, who works with the Mississippi Gulf um, Coast Blues and Heritage Festival and has just simply been instrumental in getting this marker in the ground and getting all the right people to the table.
1: Thank you so much, Mayor Margaret. This is excellent for the state. And I know the trail is going to keep growing because we have such a rich history of music and culture in Mississippi. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, uh, we'll learn about Celtic Fest, which is another wonderful festival happening in the city of Jackson. So stay tuned. You can send us an email to nextstopatmpbonline.org if you have any comments or questions. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Think Radio on MPB.
0: You're listening to Next. Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
2: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Chorus, seeking choral members for the December presentation of Handel's Messiah, directed by Dr. Mark Nabholz. Rehearsals begin September 12th at St. Colum's Episcopal Church in Ridgeland.
3: Details at mschorus.org.
1: Welcome back to Next Up, Mississippi. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Mary Margaret Miller, and we're joined by Martine DeCogan, who's going to speak with us about Celtic Fest Mississippi. Martine, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Good morning, Cherise, and good morning, Mary Margaret, and all of the people listening out in the state of Mississippi. Um, it's a delight to be back here in uh, the great town of Jackson for Celtic Fest Mississippi.
1: So tell us how you got to the town of Jackson.
4: Well, I tell you what. Um Katrina blew me in, in 2005. And uh, it was uh, a lovely pair up in Wy Mountain in Arkansas. Got in touch with uh, myself and Owen Verling when we were playing up at the Kansas City Irish Fest in 2005 and said, you've got to go to Jackson. They don't know where their musicians are. And we thought that was the most ridiculous statement we had ever heard. <laughs> but um, we got on uh, to the Dr. Dan Penzine, uh, who's director then and director now. And this is 25th year as director of Celtic Fest. It's amazing. Uh, it's, a great, um, it's a great honor to be working with him. And uh, so they, these people in White Mountain, uh, Kevin and Martha Kylie, they flew us down. And, um, and I said to Dr. Don, I said, Don, get as much music out of me as you can. And he's been doing that ever since. And I've only missed maybe one or two years in the past 11. And uh, it's a great treat to be back here at Celtic Fest at the Ag Museum.
0: Well, and Martine, speaking of, of music and getting as much music as possible out of you, tell our listeners a little bit about, about your type of music and, and the instruments you play particularly.
4: Well, I play Irish music. Um, as you can imagine, I'm not from San Diego originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my accent would, would belie that I'm from Cork in Ireland, which is the Mrs. Hippie of Ireland. Wow. Uh, we're in the deep south. Uh, we've got the big delta of the River Lee. And uh, we go at a slightly slower pace than those up in the north-east would like us to be. But, um, and we speak with a southern drawl of Ireland, if you will. Uh, none, none of the rest of the country can understand us. But anyway, um, I play the boweron, which is uh, the Irish form of drum or tambourine without the jingles. And I play with a stick and I change the sound of the drum. It's like playing 100 drums. As I change the sound with my hand in the back of the drum, changing the pitch uh, and tension. And then um, I'm playing in two setups this weekend. Um, they're really uh, pushing pushing me hard all weekend. i play with the Martin the Kogan Project, which is myself, the Dr Dan Penzine, and Jill Chambliss. And we're on tonight with Burt LaCayla, which is uh, with Mary Irby and uh, Dan, or Megan Irby and Dan Penzine, and. Uh, We're going to share the stage tonight at 10 o'clock. And then I'm storytelling tomorrow at noon. It's a one. I usually do a couple of storytelling, but there's only time for one this year in the main exhibit auditorium stage, and that's at noon. Make sure you get there early. Uh, And then I'm playing with a big band. We just released our debut album called Galfin, which is the wild and blustery weather because myself and Dr. Dan were blown together with Katrina, but the band itself then with. Uh, great hero John Whelan who sold half a million records on his own, and uh, Brian Conway, who's the greatest Irish fiddler in the world. And uh, we we were blown together by Hurricane Sandy, so we're uh, we're two big storms up on stage, if you will. And uh, we'll be on tonight at nine o'clock with our debut album. Won't you come out tonight? So won't you come out tonight and hear us? <laughs> and you can see more details at galfin.com. That's Gail G A I L N. F-E-A-N dot com.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Go ahead. Yeah, Martine, so you're talking about sharing the stage with a lot of different players, a lot of different musicians, and, you know, I think the reputation of Celtic Fest Mississippi is that we you do have so many stages and so much music happening simultaneously. But my question is, you know, is this part of the Irish music tradition to mix it up, play with different players, kind of jump around from one group to the next?
4: It is. Uh, there's there's seven different stages and uh, three different workshop areas, uh, along with dancing, uh, in uh, the Masons Lodge or the Masonic building, and um, it is it is a big tradition to come and and uh, share the music. It's not a precious thing, the Irish music. is not a precious thing. It's 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 like love, I suppose. The more you give, the more you have, uh, and so with that, we have a lot of sessions um, this year, and a lot of people have taken over the tune session which is going to be on the ethnic heritage stage uh, for quite a lot. Uh, we'll have intermediate tunes sessions, advanced tune sessions. They're going to be on the Fenian Taps pub stage. And then we're going to have a singing session as well uh, on, the, on the auditorium stage in the main exhibit. Uh, there's, there's going to be a lovely sessions. So if you have an instrument and you want to come along, Cherise, you can come and play with us. Or Mary Margaret, if you want to come and sing, for the weekend you can come and you can take part <clears throat> in the festival yourself uh, there's a big singing session on Saturday night, tomorrow night and that's uh, going to be sponsored by Irish Guy Landscaping out of Louisiana and that's going to be because there's always a spillover from the K-Lea. Uh my brother, Aimee de Cogon is flying in and he's going to be the caller and the MC for the Cayley this is the biggest Cayley in the south what's a Are I hear you ask Yes, that is a coming together a kaylee is a kind of a communal thing where it's all dancing and so people come young and old you can be 8 or 80 the dances suit everybody and it's a communal dance you have to hold hands you have to do the steps together and Eamon will tell you everything that you need to know you don't have to know anything if you can walk you can dance. And that's on at 8 o'clock until midnight. Lord God, that's really late for a lot of people. They'd be going home taking tablets at half seven.
0: That's no, a lot that's, of calories burned that, because these Cayleys, you're moving constantly.
4: That's right, Mary Margaret. Uh, there would be um, a, a lot of sweat. Bring a spare T-shirt maybe or, or some gloves. But um, <laughs> it's, it's fabulous. It's, a great, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the festival is the Caylee. I remember when I came first, I couldn't believe deep in the south parts of America that there was Irish dancing. And not to mind, not just Irish, but good quality Irish Cayley dancing. And people knew what they were doing. And people were able to take direction if they didn't know. And it's so beautiful. It's great. It's, it's, it's a real treat. Even if you don't want to come and dance, it's worthwhile coming and watching this spectacle of the Cayley. And all of the musicians uh, that take part in the festival, they all have to be a part of the Cayley band. So there's four Cayley bands. So it's a real powerhouse of music for four hours. Everyone takes an hour and the music is just pulsating for the four hours. And the big bands that are coming, uh, Galfin and uh, the Martin de Kogan Project, which I'm in, are coming. John Walsh is coming down from New York. Opened the door for three, which were a huge hit a couple of years ago. They're coming. Uh, and that's Illin Pipe's uh, fiddle and guitar and a lot of singing. They're fabulous. And then Albert Alfonso and Tim Britton. Uh, that's Illin Pipe's and Boron. And then the Bazooki Brothers, which was a great hit. Uh, and that's four bazookis on the main stage. And then uh, Donny Carroll is coming in from New York with uh, Don Mead and uh, and Heather Martin Bixler. And that's a beautiful set of ballads and tunes um, out of Cork Donnie Carroll is from Cork I uh, live in New York and then Jill Chambliss and uh, Scooter Mews are coming uh, as well as Keljun uh, and a load of other dancers like Shannon Dunn is coming in from uh, Baltimore she's teaching Shannos dancing if you want to learn the old style of dancing uh, when the uh, the people of the south the very poor people of the south got together the Irish people and the people of African descent got together. They brought the African dancing and the Shannos dancing, the old-style Irish dancing, and that's where you get your tap dancing of jazz today. That's where it came, deep from the south. So this is bringing it all back home. Um, uh, You have a huge amount of Irish uh, and Celtic heritage here in Mississippi. It's it's just fabulous that this is the epicentre for the year at Celtic Fest, Mississippi, down at the Agricultural and Forestry Museum.
1: Well, Martine, Uh, I'm going to tell you, just looking at the pictures alone makes me want to come. And it was really good to hear you say, doesn't matter what age you are, you just come and show up. And it's a real communal type atmosphere where you just come in and anybody fits in. Uh, I'm really glad that that is the kind of atmosphere it is. And uh, the schedule is full. uh, So remind us of the website and the dates and the times of Celtic Fest so people can come and have a good time.
4: Well, it's starting tonight at 7, and there's a whiskey tasting tonight. It's the 17th annual uh, Kindred Spirits whiskey tasting sponsored by Wine and Spirits in the Quarter, and that's from 7 until 9, and that's not for all ages. But if you want to go there, it's a a very inexpensive ticket for the amount of whiskey that you get. It's great. If you're into whiskey, that's the place to be. And it's going until midnight tonight, and then tomorrow it's 10 a.m. in the morning, starting with the Red Wellies, all the way until midnight that's a long day Saturday and then Sunday starting at uh, 11.30 coin and Reeves Kelgen and some set dancing workshops all the way until 6pm there's a great grand finale don't go home early and uh, the website is www.celticfestms.org
1: Excellent. Well, Martine, thank you so much for being on and you'll have to teach me how to play that Irish drum someday. I, I believe that I have a little rhythm and I can catch on <laughs> you pretty quickly. You could do it. You could
0: do it. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing about Celtic Fest is education really is at the, is at the core of the festival. Mm-hmm. It's not really all about just coming out and having a good time. Of course, that's part of it. But if you are interested in Irish music, I know a lot of our listeners are fans of the show, Thistle and Shamrock, that comes on on Sunday evenings. You're interested, you're intrigued, you may be piddling at home alone. This is a good time to really meet the community of of Irish music lovers, Irish Mm -hmm. culture lovers. That's really strong in Mississippi. Absolutely. There are various
1: workshops going on all throughout the day so you can get educated and then apply what you learned later on that night and, and re- release some steam. You so, may
4: find an apprentice. That's right. Or a master. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We have, we have uh, workshops going from 11 until uh, 7 or um, until about 6, uh, both Saturday and Sunday. And that's all part of your ticket. You pay in, and the workshops are all part of the day. You pop in and you pop out and you can make connections with the best musicians in Irish music and uh, you might start a Skype lesson from them uh, in the years to come or they might come and visit you uh, and stay in your house forever. You know, you have to be careful of that. But anyway, it's going to be great and we'll see you down there. Come out tonight. Won't you come out tonight?
1: All right, Martine, thank you so much for being on with us today. We really appreciate it and hoping that everything goes well. Thank you.
4: Thank you and thanks to all of Mississippi for having me back.
1: back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherita Brent here with Jerry Fortenberry, host committee chair for the Tennessee Williams Tribute in Columbus. Jerry, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: So tell us how long this tribute has been going on to Tennessee
3: Williams. This is the 15th annual Tennessee Williams Tribute in Columbus. The festival was started by Brenda Carradine in Columbus, and we are continuing the tradition. She was the chairman for 14 years and decided she'd, like to give that up and pass it on, so she did. So myself and some others are carrying on the tradition, and we're celebrating with the fifteenth year.
1: Now, are you a uh, an artist yourself? Do you have a personal connection to Tennessee Williams's work?
3: Not really. I was recruited by Brenda because she needed volunteers who were interested in enriching the community. So I am more of a detail person, mm-hmm. <laughs> involving finance and stuff like that, to be honest with you. But I have a um, appreciation of the works. I was uh, went to Provincetown last year when we took suddenly last summer to Provincetown and was so proud of how well we did there and how excited everybody was to see our production and how well it was received.
1: So talk a little bit more about the tribute. There are so many elements. I know you began Uh, the whole lineup of things yesterday, and you have things going all the way through Sunday. Uh, So let's talk about some things that are happening today. Um, Something I found very interesting is the acting workshop. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: This kind of new for this year. We have David Roby, guest artist, actor, director, playwright, and scholar here from Birmingham, and he is conducting two acting workshops, one Friday, one Saturday. They're free. And they are going to be held at RENT Auditorium at, on the campus of Mississippi University for Women, Friday workshop from 2.30 to 4.30, and these Saturday workshop on September 10th from 1 to 3. And he will be working with interested persons who want to learn how to act.
1: Yeah, and they're going to be kind of doing monologues and scenes from Tennessee Williams' plays. Um, talk about some of those that have just withstood the test of time, like a cat on a hot tin roof. And uh, a Streetcar Named Desire, how are you going to incorporate those things?
3: Well, Dave is probably going to use some of his original work where he um, where he incorporates actors who were, were referenced, or people who were referenced in Tennessee Williams' work but not seen, such as in Glass Menagerie, um, such as um, Tom's boss who was never seen and stuff like that. So he's got some original work that he can incorporate into that, that he does in his plays, However, the, there's plenty of, you know, uh, the famous Stella shouting from Streetcar Named Desire. There's um, The Glass Menagerie. is many, many, many lines that, you, that, that are used, that you commonly refer to in acting that most actors have heard of. Um, there's just so many. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, you know, being that this is the 15th year of the festival, I imagine that you draw many, many people in it. It has grown over the years. Uh, Talk about some of the folks you see at the festival. Are they Tennessee Williams enthusiasts? Um, I was doing a little reading, and I saw that he kind of dwelled in Columbus for about three months, but just left a huge impression. Uh, So what kind of people do you typically have coming out to this festival?
3: Well, it's typically people who are interested in the literary world and theater. Um, We have some... Scholars, as we do, we you know, we talk about the Scholars Luncheon that's held Friday at the Lee Home in Columbus at uh, 1130, where we have dinner, but we also have scholars there who are studied extensively the works of Tennessee Williams, who will be do, uh, giving a short address to the group. But we also have people who are just interested in in, in supporting the community and anything that goes in the community. Then we have people who are you know, diehard acting fans and participants. When we when we do a production, they're they're every year to rehearse and give up their time to be involved in the festival. So it's kind of it's just a a variety of of people. Um, of course, we do use the campus at MUW some, so we have a big connection there with people in the theater department there. And um, and the literary world there, people who are scholars, writers, and playwrights, there's that too. But then there's just some people in the community that enjoy the activities that we have. For the first time this year, we're actually going to use the Welcome Center. We're doing the Tom's Columbus Saturday at 10 a.m., which is a free event where we'll have coffee and uh, refreshments and a discussion about the women who influenced Tennessee Williams' writing. There's also the ever-popular Hollyhock Stella Shouting Contest, and that truly draws all types of people and children participate. They usually give an award for the child who is the best to shout Stella like Stanley did in in Streetcar Named Desire, and then they give an adult award, and it's well, well well-attended. So um, that's, of course, Saturday the 9th at 530 at Hollyhocks, which is in downtown Columbus.
1: Now, how are you going to uh, end the festival on Sunday afternoon?
3: Well, Sunday afternoon is the last production of Unseen Character, where David Robey's original work that has characters who were never seen but mentioned in The Glass Menagerie. Its last production, we, it will be produced uh Friday night at eight, Saturday night at eight, and then Sunday at two PM, all at rent on the campus at MUW. So that's what we'll end with. The last the the finale all right. for his production. And, and and his production incorporates a lot of local talent from Columbus. He was very pleased with the level of talent in Columbus that he found. And after rehearsal, he he was very pleased. So he's got a, I think it's eleven actors.
1: Okay, that's excellent.
3: Local local actors that are going to perform.
1: Yeah, I'm sure so they all... will appreciate that exposure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and their families and friends. I mean, it's 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 very popular, very popular. And then we have usually good good attendance from the college and the high schools, theater departments, literary departments. We usually have good participation in the audience.
1: Could you tell us where people can go to find more information about the festival if they want
3: to see a schedule of sorts? Yes. Well, we have it's posted on the website. We have our own website now, which we're really excited about that. We didn't have it for some years. TennesseeWilliamstribute.org.
1: All right. Sounds good. Jerry, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us this morning. We really appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. Thank you so much.
2: impaired, MPB's radio reading service is here for you. Our dedicated team of volunteers bring the world of news and entertainment to you. For information and to see if you qualify, call us at 601-432-6301.
1: And welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherita Brent here with Pastor Elbert McGowan of Redeemer, church in Jackson, Mississippi. We're going to talk about the Poets in Autumn Tour, which is coming to Jackson in about a week. Good morning, Pastor L, and thank you for joining us.
5: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: You're kind of new to the church that the tour is going to be. Um, Redeemer, tell us a little bit about your church in Jackson.
5: Redeemer is located at 640 East Northside Drive, right down the street from Chastain Middle School. We're on the same side of, of Chastain, farther down going towards uh, State Street. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're a multi-ethnic church. Our desire is to reflect uh, the city of Jackson, and right where our church is located on Northside Drive, you have Fondering, you have Broadmoor, you have Broadmeadow, you have Eastover, uh, just a bunch of different communities right there, and our church is kind of right there in the middle. And so our longing from from day one has been that we would be a church that reflects the diversity and the beauty of, of right where God has us, and so um, our church is about almost 12 years old. We started in 2004, and uh, you know I moved back back home here to Jackson to help start it while I was in seminary, and then I uh, once got the church off the ground. I moved out to Jackson State and was a campus pastor up there for about nine years. So I'm new to the church, but uh, it's not new in the sense I've been a part of it since day one, and so. I'm just glad, man, the Lord has me right where He has us
1: well, you're already incorporating diverse things like this Poets in Autumn tour it's a spoken word tour uh one of the largest in the world according to my readings so talk about the decision to bring a spoken word tour to Redeemer and uh, what kind of things are they speaking about in particular
5: oh, wow that's a good question so I'll give you a little backstory so uh you know they say that. Some of the trends that you sort of, sort of see on a college campus, you know, you fast forward that uh, five to 10 years later, and that that's a part of mainstream culture. And, um, and so the college campus is really this think tank. It's this place where culture is being created and, um, you know, young people are being developed. And so long story short, we um, decided about three years ago to do an, an open word, a spoken word night. And uh, it was a major success. And so the following year, we, we brought in two artists from Chicago. And their poetry scene uh, in Chicago is it's just it's slamming. It's huge. And we brought them down. And one of the guys that we brought down was Preston Perry. And he's a guy that's married to Jackie Hill Perry. And so we brought him down, had a packed crowd at Jackson State, uh, sort of piloted it with our students just to sort of see if, if there would be interest. And it was packed and we brought him down for free just to love and bless our campus through our campus ministry. And so then uh, he called me uh, a few weeks after that and he says, hey, bro, I think we're going to be getting this Poets in the Autumn Tour kicked off in the fall. And, man, based on how Jackson treated us, man, we would love to add you guys to the list. And so, uh, so yeah, that that's how it happened, through relationships with Preston, through being on the campus and, and watching this art form, this expression of art. Sort of take root and, and fly. You know, I think it's just it's a way to, to, to bring talent here and to to uh, be encouraged through uh, through that art form. And so, so some of the things that they'll talk about. I mean, they'll talk about Mike Brown. They'll talk about some of the issues that are happening in our country. They'll talk about spirituality. They'll talk about uh, the Lord. Uh, I don't know if you know Jackie Hill's biography, but she is written and she's spoken all across the country about same-sex attraction, and she was really, 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 really entrenched in that lifestyle, and she talks a lot about that struggle, and she talks about it from a way of a person who has experienced those longings firsthand, and she also talks about what it means to be a a married wife uh, to a man now, and how she would have never dreamed that God would would could or would change her uh but but she's also honest about the struggle and uh so it it's 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 relevant it's it's uh done well i mean they do a really good job at uh, articulating core concerns of our communities uh they're gonna talk about multi ethnicity they're gonna talk about race they're gonna talk about the church they're gonna talk about the world they're gonna talk about politics they're gonna talk about social justice so it's gonna be good.
1: Yeah, and so I think there are a total of five poets on the tour this time, uh, the four original ones, and then they they have a guest with them. Can you talk about the kinds of people that this tour typically attracts? Um, Does it appeal to young people and middle-aged people? Uh, Is it all-inclusive?
5: Yeah, uh, at least going off of what we did last year, uh, this tour appealed my mother, who was born in '54 was on the front row of of the tour. And, I mean, she absolutely loved it. Mm. I mean, she was in tears just because some of the truth that they were speaking and expressing through art. I mean, at one point, I was backstage with the artist, and they were joking. I said, man, what's this lady right here with these long dreads? Oh, she going in. Mm. And uh, we were laughing. I said, like, hey, that's my mom. I was like, what? And so uh, my mother, and uh, it attracts all types of people, black and white and young and urban. I mean, we've had churches from um, rural parts of Mississippi. We have people from the coast. We have people from New Orleans driving up there last year. So it it really is a magnet for all cultures, all classes, all races, all ages. And I do think that if, if participants are about 13 or over, maybe even 12 the content um it, it will be um, relevant
1: awesome so the poets in autumn tour is next thursday and remind people where it is what time it is and how they can get tickets
5: all right so it's going to be next thursday night redeemer church 640 east north side drive uh it'll start at 7:30 but the doors will open at 7 there are VIP tickets, and the VIP tickets, those doors allow you. That ticket allows you to get in at six. It allows you to have Q and time with the artist before the doors open for the main show. It allows you to get uh, pictures with the artist, autographs, but it also allows you to get uh, premier seating. So you get to get in there early and get the seat of your choice. And so those doors are open at six. All of our tickets are online now, so there are no paper tickets. You can simply go to uh, the Poets and Autumn tour. Just Google that online. I think it's at the TIAtour.com. Scroll down to the Jackson, Mississippi link, and you will buy your tickets for the Jackson, Mississippi show. You'll give them your email address. They will email you a ticket. All you got to do is bring your smartphone mm-hmm. to the event on that night. Show your phone. We'll have scanners at the door scanning your tickets, giving you an armband, and you'll be allowed to come in. And, of course, we're going to finish the night with a set of worship. And so Sarah Hodges, who won the Voice of Jackson State a few years ago, she's back, and she's going to be leading us in worship. Calvin Balgan, who's a pastor and a dear friend of mine, who's also a saxophone player, he's going to be there. Uh, our worship team from our church is going to be there. So we'll finish the entire night with a, a set of worship. And so... It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. Hope you guys can make it. and uh, Thank you so much for this opportunity.
1: Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it.
0: You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sharita Brent, joined on the phone by Jennifer Ogden Combs, the Executive Director of the Natchez Tricentennial. Jennifer, good morning. Thank you for being with us.
2: Oh, good morning, Sharita. Always a pleasure to get to talk with you.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk about this wonderful week of festivities in Natchez, Navy Week festivities, and it is to commemorate the anniversary of 9-11. Talk to us about some of the planning that went into this. I know this is you guys' tricentennial, uh, but how did you come up with the idea of Navy Week?
2: Well, you know, this is really very exciting, and it's been several years. Mayor Butch Brown Who was uh, our former mayor um, had really been pursuing and talking with um, former governor uh, Ray Mabus, who of course is the Secretary of the Navy, about about the tricentennial uh, for several years, in fact, and um, had really been talking with him about how we could involve, you know, the tricentennial is celebrating every aspect of Natchez and Natchez history, culture and and today and and the future as well so a part of that of course is military service our military uh, all the armed forces are very important um, they've been an important part of our our history and they still are very important to many to to so many of us so Mayor Brown really wanted to be able to to include and and make that one of the, the main events and main focal points and you know working with the Navy and with um, Secretary Mabus and his team has it, it, it's been really absolutely terrific they um, some of the ideas came from them, so we uh, about the actual events um, when they Suggested we've we've had several participation several events of participation with the Navy, uh, a flyover on our August third birthday, things like that. Um, But the idea to do um, this whole Navy Week Natchez that's that's kind of patterned on things that they do in much larger cities where there's a much uh, stronger Navy presence. And part of what they the Navy program does is outreach. So, this is part of uh, Navy outreach, and so we will actually start the, the week with the commemoration of the 15th anniversary of 9 11 with a ceremony um, at the National Cemetery at Natchez, which is right on the bluff overlooking the river. And it will be a, a very moving um, ceremony that will be on Friday, uh, Sunday evening, 9 11, of course um and it starts uh, people can arrive at 60, the program will start at 6:30 and it will involve um some 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 very short talks um music buglers um and uh ending with a lighting of candles in commemoration of the lives that were lost and our first responders are participating along with the navy and with some of our veterans so the public of course is invited to that Um, we have two days of static displays. They're bringing some incredible, incredible um, um, assets of the Navy to be able to share with with the community and with visitors. And Monday, a part of that on Monday will be for STEM outreach for for students. And we're having students from, I think it's eight schools. Wow. Um, and we'll be bused there, and we'll be able to get a get a tour by the Navy sailors and CVs. We've also got the Navy Band coming, which, oh, Sharita, this is the coolest thing. The Navy Band is going to our high school, Natchez High School, and we'll be doing a clinic with um, the high school band. And then some of the students will be playing in a free concert that evening with the Navy Band Southeast. That's, of course, open to the public and it's free and it's at the city auditorium.
1: And let me just say that that is, I really appreciate uh, the, the Navy band coming, having served in the 41st Army Band for about nine years on my own. I really got to experience uh, the essence of military music and how much patriotism goes into that I mean we would play certain songs and folks would just stand at attention and you could mm-hmm. tell that they were emotionally moved uh, so I think that's going to be a really good thing to incorporate having the band present and exposing the band to those children so they know hey one day I could grow up and be in this band so I think that is an, an awesome uh, combination there.
2: Thank you you know and I, I had a feel I was so excited to get to talk to you this morning because because of that fact I remembered knowing that you were part of part of Mill you know, the Army music, the Army Band and you know the other they're also not only doing that they've agreed um, to send in some of their Navy band um, southeast to go to uh, one of our middle schools in Natchez it's called the Morgantown Arts Academy mm-hmm. to pledge to do a similar kind of thing for the middle school students which, I was very excited about that because that's a that's a time of, I think, you know, remembering my own middle school years. You know, it can be challenging, and to have that kind of, as you say, the the involvement from the Navy to let them see what's possible. You know, that this kind, that that's that's a possibility for them too. I'm I'm very excited about that. I'm, I'm actually excited about the whole entire week. We have... Um, well, let me veterans. ask
1: you really quickly, uh, Jennifer, yeah. about something that stood out to me, which was uh, the naval personnel are going to be visiting veterans at area nursing mm-hmm. homes. Uh, talk about yeah. that, which is, is very special. We've gone to play at some of those nursing homes when I was in the military mm-hmm. band. Uh, talk about that.
2: We're um, on, and I want to say that it's Wednesday. We The Navy will be sending... The, there's something like 80 sailors and CBs and musicians that will be coming to Natchez starting on Saturday and then will be there all the way through Thursday. And on Wednesday, groups of them, some of them will be going to the hospital and will be engaging and visiting children in the hospital. They're also taking um, some of the musicians to the hospitals and the nursing homes. And just really engaging with the veterans in particular in the nursing homes um, to be able to share stories. Um, and be able to have that that kind of visit, I think is going to be also, I agree with you, I think it's going to be really very meaningful to a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Now talk about the big finale. Uh, the Navy Band is going to have a Top 40 concert, and I'm sure folks Ooh. are going to be up dancing and enjoying all of the, the hits and everything. So talk about that, where it's going to be.
2: Um, okay, great. That is going to be definitely a great finale. It is, of course, if you know Natchez, which I know you do, it's on the bluff at the gazebo on the bluff, which is one of the most beautiful spots you'll ever see on the Mississippi River. It will start at 5:30. Um, it's the Navy Band. It's the, the Commodore will be there, who is who will be there for a good bit of the week as well. And she, and I love this. The female. She's a female Commodore. She, of course, is a female Commodore. But um, we'll be making some remarks. They'll be playing great music. Um, we're inviting everybody to come out. It will be about an hour. The rain location is Margaret Martin, the performing arts um, venue that we have in Natchez on Hometida Street. But without the rain, we will be on on the Bluffs and really enjoying some great music and kind of wrapping up up this very special week.
1: Sounds so good. Well, tell us where people can go to uh, get a glimpse of the schedule and figure out what's going on this weekend.
2: Okay, great. It is NatchezMS300.com. Um, and all the information there. You can also certainly feel free. People can call um, to the Visit Natchez office, which is um, um, 601-446-6345. And just in case they have trouble with, for some reason, or not accessing uh, you know, email or, or internet's not accessible, they can always call us. We'll be happy to share more information with them.
1: Excellent. Sounds good. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on to chat with us this morning. We really appreciate it.
2: You are so welcome, Sherita. Thank you so much.
1: And that's going to wrap us up here on Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherita Brent. Thanks to my co-host Mayor Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi for joining me and thanks to all our guests who were on today. If you did not get a chance to call today, you can always send us an email to nextstop at mpbonline.org with any ideas or feedback. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show, Next Stop Mississippi. Use your favorite podcast app and search Next Stop Mississippi MPB or go to mpbonline.org and find our podcast that way. Stay tuned, folks. Coming up next is Southern Remedy for Women right here on MPB Think Radio.